This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning. However, it applies. Uh, obviously, a lot's shaken up here today. A lot's changed. Um, probably pretty positive Cleveland Browns-wise. So, Jeff Lloyd, your host. Uh, SI.com's Browns Maven, Pete Smith. Uh, we're going to get into it here, and it should be an interesting, you know, end of the midweek here. Cleveland Browns-wise, uh, Matt Rule, monster deal to Carolina. Um, the fact that a brand-new owner in Carolina basically outwitted this storied, established franchise in the New York Giants. Matt Rule gave the New York Giants, who gave him his first start, essentially, chance to match. Uh, the Giants didn't, I think, the Giants, just not a good day for them at all. Um, and I think the Giants still think that the name the New York Giants carries a lot more weight than it does. Uh, so we'll get to that. The Then there was, you know, we'll so with Josh McDaniels. Next up on the slate for Josh, Carolina's out, would be the New York Giants. And after the media, after the Giants got to and beat writers and Adam Schefter, can you throw some tweets and kind of save our asses here? And it's been a bad day. And as these guys are doing it, they go and hire Joe Judge, uh, wide receiver coach, uh, special teams ace. Look, Joe Judge, he, he's a respected guy, and a lot of people speak well of him. He was definitely a hire that kind of came out of nowhere. And then there's, you know, talks, whether it's Ben Albright or others, that, you know, some of these teams may be realizing that, you know, Josh McDaniels wasn't in their running. Um, but, Pete, this lines up. You get to talk to Schwartz tomorrow, who – whether or not you think it's for a head coaching job or a possible defense coordinator job, his contract's about up with Philly. It seems, you know, talking with Michael Kist, who runs Bleeding Green Network, they've done a fantastic job with their podcasts, that the Eagles most likely would like to bring him back. Maybe Jim wants to see what else is out there. It's possible. Uh, then Stefanski on Thursday, and everybody about this, Josh, they're, well, why? why is it still Friday? Why is it Friday? Well, look, when is Kevin Stefanski going to interview? He's got to basically let Minnesota tell him when he can interview. And that window could be closing, you know, especially with the win on Sunday, which we never got to. So we can get to that a little bit here. And then, you know, Josh McDaniels comes to town on Friday. Pete, a lot going on. Yeah. Um, yeah the, the Matt Rule thing, uh, kind of a big deal. I, you know, I know there are a number of people that obviously swear by the guy. I, I can't say I'm in that club and 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 maybe that's unfair but uh, my reservations with just Baylor as a program sort of cloud me on that one Uh, look it's nothing wrong for anybody to carry a Baylor bias I get it he wasn't always there though but you know somebody had to go down there and try to clean up the mess he did so you give him credit for that but you know if you want to just say Baylor can piss off there's a lot of people that are not you're not going to stay on that hill alone Pete well I to me Beyond the fact that Baylor should not exist in sports, um, I, I do. I think it's a little. Um, I don't know. I think it's a little questionable that he he decided to go there uh, with all that happened in, in in that light of that fact. You could have said, "Look, I, I have no interest in resurrecting something that was so. You know, this is not their first rodeo. They had a basketball player get murdered. Uh, you know, by a teammate." <laughs> Yeah, and and that feels like forever ago. That was you know within fifteen twenty years, um, and then you have this stuff. At, at at what point you know 
all these people are like romanticizing this re revigoration of the Baylor football program. You know, screw them. They they shouldn't have one. What they've done is awful. Um, with Joe Judge, uh, look, I, I think the New York Giants ownership carries a lot of weight, but their actual football team, and, and it, it has taken years to, 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 to screw this up. It has not been a, uh, it has been a, a, a slow, deliberate process of going downhill. Um, <laughs> but Dave Gettleman is a train wreck. Um, and, you know, you really limited your options when you decided to hit your wagon to that. Um, and obviously Joe Judge ultimately took the job and Joe Judge may be great. Joe Judge may be out of there in a year or two uh, with Dave Gettleman out. Uh, they are not in a good situation. Um, they are, their roster is not very good. Uh, Dave Gettleman has screwed them on their draft, um, not only in terms of picks he's used, but also in terms of the, the handling of uh, Leonard Williams was an absolute abomination in terms of like, we've seen Brown's GMs do some dumb shit. I mean, we took, we, we saw Butch Davis use a fifth round pick and a guy who was indicted for murder um, and never, never actually showed up for anything because of that. Um, but they threw away essentially a third and fifth round pick that they didn't have to, uh, to get a player that consequently screwed them out of getting a compensatory pick that would have been a third round pick uh, for uh, the safety that went to Washington. Um, that is absurd. They could have signed Leonard Williams free of charge, and they're not even sure they're going to keep him. That's what makes it even worse. So they've done from bad to worse. So the ownership carries a lot of weight in terms of sort of making the Giants seem better than they are, but the, the, the shine is sort of off right now. Um, you know, that's how they ended up with Gettleman in the first place. That's how they ended up with Pat Shermer. These were not high profile hires. Uh, so in that sense, you know, when Matt rule took himself out of, you know, the consideration for the Browns, to my knowledge, the Browns had no interest in Matt rule. He may have been on their list of people to talk to, but it wasn't like, you know, some of these other guys where they really, really like Matt rule. It was more of a, let's see what he's all about type thing. Um, so when, when they took out, when, when he signed uh, with Carolina and then Joe Judge signed with the, with the Giants, it was all of a sudden like, wow, the Browns suddenly find themselves in a great spot in the fact that they get to talk to Josh McDaniels, they get to talk to Kevin Stefanski, they get to talk to uh, the uh, Eagles defensive coordinator, who Jim Schwartz, who, you know, makes sense on a lot of things. I think he is the dorsiest possible hire possible which doesn't make him bad which is funny that his name resurfaced and when it came out last night because what did we talk about we talked about guys who would come in if john was forced to move on from freddie kitchens and it was going to be some old crusty retread i i was stunned when his name came up last night but maybe it's not just as a head coach yes however if you were to do what so many teams often do and say we had Freddie Kitchens, and he's bad at A, B, C, and D, and we go the opposite. Jim Schwartz is the absolute polar opposite of Freddie Kitchens. He's a hard-ass disciplinarian, no-nonsense guy who's going to work the shit out of everybody. And, you know, if people want to, you know, bitch and complain about it, 
you'll either get rid of them or you won't play them, uh, which would be an interesting dynamic uh, with some of the players on the Browns. Uh, Odell Beckham is a very hard worker, but obviously he's bristled at authority on multiple occasions. And if Jim Schwartz was in charge, I don't think that would last very long. Um, but if he's a defensive coordinator, that's very interesting. He certainly fits with what the Browns want to do. Uh, you know, I like Steve Wilkes in, in a lot of areas, but the one thing that never really was a logical fit was the fact he was trying to run his own scheme with Denzel Ward and Edrini Williams, who are main corners. And that's what Jim Schwartz does. In addition to the fact he's gotten a lot out of defensive linemen and, and some of the things he does. Uh, but I don't buy the notion the Browns can take their time in so far as like they have forever, because you still have to compete for assistance. You still have to do all these other things, but they can certainly, uh, you can certainly go through your process as intended. The fact of the matter is partly because there weren't as many head coaching uh, openings as a lot of people thought there were going to be this year, but also partly because they went super fast. The Browns process is not slow at all. It's nope. January 7th. Like, it's just crazy how fast this has gone. And, and you know, unless the Browns are the one that do, does it, no one has waited for a playoff coach um, at this point. Everybody's jumped on guys who are either available because they were out of jobs and former coaches or, you know, in this case, Matt Rule is a college coach. Uh, he's not bound by that. But, like, nobody's waited around for, you know, somebody that could potentially make a deep run to the playoffs. So, if, if, for example, if the, the Browns really like Robert Sala uh, and the 49ers make a deep run, they'd obviously have to wait. Now they can agree to a deal and, and do some things in between that. But, I, I, you know, the Browns are not going slow. They've actually gone really fast. I think people forget how fast they went from firing Freddie Kitchens to we're interviewing our first candidate in two days. Uh, it just happens to be that everybody else went so much faster uh, than they normally do. So the Browns are not slow. They are not in a difficult situation at all. I don't think they can, you know, wait around. I think their their Saturday, um, their Saturday goal, if that's you know, as has been reported by a few different people, is true. I think that's a good spot to be in. Um, you know, and and I don't, I, I don't. When, when the whole people talked about Josh McDaniels in New York thing, first, I never bought that. I didn't no, think Carolina no. made any sense either. But I do think there is a possibility that ultimately Josh McDaniels decides he's not a good fit in Cleveland and ultimately does stay with the Patriots. I don't think that's likely, uh, but I, I, I do think that's possible. Uh, I don't think McDaniels is an absolute lock. I, I think especially now – the Browns can sort of feel good about the fact that they are uh, going on the schedule they outlined and the process they outlined, and and he may and the only game in town. There. But they certainly uh, don't have to do that. They can sort of really weigh the options and and not feel like they're chasing anybody. But that's really it at this point, unless the Vikings decide to do something, you know, remarkable and 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 fire Mike Zimmer uh, whenever they end up out of the playoffs to keep Stefanski in, in, in the fold, which seems really unlikely given the way they won, uh, that the Browns can get, will have the options there. Uh, certainly would have been preferable to have Mike McCarthy available and have all the great options you, you wanted. Uh, so everybody was there and they, they could choose wrongly of their own accord. But if they do 
uh, they, they have to make the sale. They have to get the guy they want, and then they have to make the the right moves to support him, particularly from ownership. So it's there for them to do it. It's now a question of if they can identify the right guy, trust in their own people that they are, are going to pick the right guy, and and then trust that judgment and not go uh, you know audible and then ask you know some other guy out here, take his opinion after putting all this effort into these people and then say, yeah, I'm going to go this other direction again. So it's there for them. It's, it's a good situation. It, it could really, you know, work out. They, they've had this opportunity before, but, uh, you know, this seems like the best circumstance they could hope for. Yeah. I mean, look, the dominoes have, you know, fallen their way. Everything's aligned. Um, and look, you know, you have most likely – you don't want to just marry Paul D. Podesta to Kevin Stefanski because he's been there with him before. Maybe it could change. It could. Um, but you also have the Haslam's top choice. So, I mean, it's it's working out really well for Cleveland right now. They are the only game in town. But like you said, Washington, they interviewed one guy. Ron Rivera was the, the deal. Dallas, it was Mike McCarthy, and they hired – I mean, I'm sorry, Mike McCarthy, Marvin Lewis. They hired Mike McCarthy. Carolina had a lot of talk with Mike McCarthy, Matt Rule, Giants. Who knew who was going to take that job? And from who you talk to, the interview was one thing. The marriage or, you know, even the relationship with uh, Gettleman was a huge turnoff. And this is where older established coaches – and look, the Giants, it's just – until the Giants realize that it's old and antiquated and they've got to move on, this is where you're going to be. Nobody cares about the four Lombardis. It's, you know, the NFL is such a what have you done for me lately or what are you going to do for me in the future? And the Giants are so consistent in being the New York football Giants that they just don't freaking get it in that respect. We're going to get to a little bit more here. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, Locked On Browns. Guys, Zabel Apparel, if you're looking for Browns gear, I talk all the time. I love these guys. Um, I love the family. I love the merchandise. Uh, I love just dealing with them. The interactions I have with them are great back and forth. Uh, they put a lot of effort into it. Uh, the artwork behind it, you know, the thought process, good stuff. Uh, obviously, uh, dad's a veteran, two kids serving. It's just hard not to like these people. It's hard not to root for these people. It's hard not to help them push their product. ZabelApparel.com, at ZabelApparel on Twitter. Go ahead, check them out, get yourself all geared up, and be ready for whatever this coaching search is going to bring us. And hopefully we're going to get to a resolution here somewhat soon. Pete, I guess the question would be here, and look, with Stefanski, who knows how this is going to work out? If they put up a good showing Saturday in San Francisco, and look, it's it's a tough spot for Minnesota. It really is because you, know, you may by – default get to keep them and just maybe get lucky in that respect. And then there's this though, it's going to be, can the Haslam's basically give Josh the almost written ultimatum that they'll let this kind of be his show, you know, and these promises have been made made before and they haven't existed. And the other thing is, is, you know, you're looking at what Matt rule got paid. Haslam's, there's going to have to be a nice size check cut here. 
if they truly want him and they've wanted him for a really, really long time, you you can't let it not work out because of money. Well, the Haslam's have never been cheap. Um, God knows they're paying about seven coaches right now. Uh, they, you know, they, I don't know. We'll see how much this really moves the needle in terms of coaching contracts and obviously structure and, and some of those things are unknown. Um, but I, I think when the Haslam's know who they want, they'll pony up, uh, whether that's the right idea or if they'll be turning around and, you know, paying them for, you know, three and four years after they're done working here is, is the, the question. Um, so I don't worry about it from that standpoint, but it's one more dynamic um, where if, you know, let's say, you know, coach, coach B uh, says, you know, yeah, I'd like this job, but I really like an astronomical amount of money for it, whatever. It, it, here's the thing. In that sense, Matt Rule had more leverage than anybody, and, and these guys actually don't, and that's because they're being paid like assistants. They are assistant coaches. Matt Rule is a head coach, um, he, and, he, and he also used the New York Giants' leverage um, and, and you know, gave them a chance, I guess, to match. But whether it was Lincoln Riley, or which has not come up at all, fascinatingly enough, or Urban Meyer or any of these guys, uh, they have college job money to – uh, leverage against the Browns and Kevin Stefanski doesn't and Matt, Josh McDaniels doesn't. So that makes that a really difficult move for them. I don't really anticipate it being a hurdle. I suppose it could come up, but again, that would be basically Josh McDaniels using him as an example, basically saying, look, I, I'm going to have my pick of jobs for you know the foreseeable future. If I hang out with the Patriots, it's not going away. Clearly, as my offense was awful this year, and I'm still here. So I don't think it's a big likelihood of, of a wrinkle. Uh, Matt Rule had a unique situation in that he's making a ton of money at Baylor. He really didn't get that much of a pay raise, uh, which is fascinating into its own right. Uh, whereas these guys, that, that would be, you know, obviously life-changing money for any of them. Well, I, and, you know, look, I, I, I do agree with you there. And Rule also had the option of, I can move on from Baylor. Um, if I resurrected this program, put me in a real one, you know, and, and put me in a real situation. And a funny story about Matt Rule is um, uh, a buddy I played with in college, and I see him all the time. You know, he's local to where I, I, you know, I am at work, so I bump at him all the time. His son committed to Matt Rule at Temple, and then Matt Rule was going to take the Temple, uh, taking the Baylor job. You know, I messaged him like, hey, did you check this out? And he's like, oh, my God. And, you know, and he's like, well, you know, we got sold on the family and the aspect of it. And, you know, his son still ended up going to Temple. But Matt Rule, you know, he's legitimate. I mean, son, son of a preacher, whatever. He's he's a good dude. We'll see how it works out in Carolina. You know, because it's always obviously different on this when, you know, the guys you're trying to tell what to do are making, you know, just as much as you, if not more. And in the NFL, well, it's always easier to – change the coach than it is to change a 53-man roster. So there is that aspect of it. Um, is there the question, Peter, whether or not, you know, how much do you give Josh? Or is the fact that you're going to essentially let him play most of the part in who's going to be the general manager, is that going to be the part? Will that be the seal of the deal? Will that be the appeasing factor? 
Well, whatever structure they, that he wants, I, you know, I think they'll negotiate that part. Um, I, I don't, you know, I don't expect them to lay down on on everything. That doesn't mean, you know, it can't be worked out. I just think there's going to be a little bit of uh, uh, some some give and take in there, which is fine. But I think whenever they come to the deal, uh, that that's going to be more important to McDaniels than anything. Is I, I think it's less about the money and more about the deal. And and obviously the Giants couldn't offer that. Um, it's not their way, their ownership's way to basically you know say they're going to stay with the guy and then freaking turn around and and dump him, which would have been required to get McDaniels. Uh, I, you know Carolina again. I just don't think that was a great fit. So you know I think that's that's the thing now. Will the Browns? I don't. I, again, I don't think the Browns are entirely going to lay down. Obviously, they 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 put you know theoretically anyway put their foot down on Elliot Wolf, for example. He's the assistant GM, um, and there are other people that are probably going to end up staying there in some capacity or another. But there is going to be a little uh, give and take, and and I think that's going to be the whole deal, especially for McDaniel's side. I I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's going to walk into a situation he's not you know, totally bought into. Obviously, uh, he's already reversed out of that one. So I think that's the entire thing from him, assuming he's the guy that that, that, that they ultimately decide they want. Now, yeah, I mean, it's it just seems like it's there's too much here. And if Carolina went another way and, you know, the Giants, which was never going to work out, and I don't know, it, it just seems too real, too plausible that this won't get done, but look, there's always that last second escape hatch and something blows up in somebody's face. So until it's real, don't believe it. But I mean, everything seems to be aligned in there. We got some listener questions and appreciate you guys for this. And guys, thanks a bunch for everything. All you've been around here for the last week, uh, you know, been blowing up here and, you know, everybody along for the ride here and yeah, general manager, head coaching search. It, it, it's been crazy and it's weird because you know we really haven't been able to actually talk about anything on field but appreciate everybody for being along for the ride from armchair point guard how concerning is it that minnesota that a minnesota receiver called out stefanski for not throwing the ball enough i'm assuming this is in regards to sunday i don't know how you can do that pete first things first if you're going to go play at new orleans what you're going to do is try to you know and we talk about this all the time is you know drew Brees, russell wilson these type of guys Keep the ball out of their hands as much as possible. So you're going to run the ball. They ran the ball effectively. Uh, they weren't throwing the ball great. Um, but the other thing is, even if this was brought up after Sunday, you won. You went on the road as you know the sixth seed. You won in New Orleans. You don't question shit. You walked out with a W. We're all good. Let's go figure out how to try to do it again. Well, I'm, I'm sure we know who the the complainer would be in this case and he's got a reputation for doing that anyway um and 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 threw a freaking full-on fit in the game so you have to decide how much that matters to you um i i think i think the let's the put Vikings it this team, way it wasn't number 19 <laughs> yeah i, it I may think, have been 14 <laughs> i think the vikings plan overall was really good um i thought they had a really smart uh, objective in terms of how they wanted to control the game. Um, I, you know, I, I think 
the Vikings have done a pretty good job, in, especially in that game, of basically saying, look, we don't think you can stop us, and until you do, we are not going to, to stop running it. And I think, you, you, you know, some people get, it, you know, you get in that internal battle in your head where you do something and it works and you're sitting there going, eh, I don't know if I should do this again uh, because, you know, they're, they're eventually, they're going to counter it. And, you know, sometimes you wait too long. Sometimes you, you don't push it hard enough. And I think they found a good balance of that against a very good Vikings defense and particularly the secondary and the pass rush. I think what they were able to do with their offensive line and the running game was really problematic the like the uh saints are built to play from ahead and the fact that they 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 couldn't do that was i think a big reason why the vikings defense was more effective and i think the reason their offense was such a problem because they were able to stay multiple the entire way um and, and you know that that to me is uh important so i would rather you know Look, I want I want somebody who can adjust when a plan's not working. But again, I thought their plan was effective. I I I would I, I would I don't want to sit here like, you know, going by the whims of what players think because you know players aren't always the greatest judge in that stuff. And you know if if in the same way that like I know a lot of people are like cheering on and uh, rooting for people to sort of like disrespect uh, Freddie Kitchens, I don't think that's a good look for anybody. Um, I don't think that's good for players. I think I think that that did some damage um, in that case. So, Especially to Jarvis and Odell, because this is what they both kind of went through in their first stops in the league. Right. So, like, if, let's say it's Stefanski or McDaniels, like, I don't want players to be doing that I, I want first and foremost i want the plan to be good enough that they buy in but i want the level of respect uh not only to the coach who's in charge but also just you know respecting professionalism obviously kevin love just went through this with the Cavs and and everything he you know his his deal um that stuff matters and and it should matter and and, and you know there there is a reason he's the head coach or in this case the coordinator and i i would never want him to sit there and just go well the player said i should do this so i'm going to do it that's that's crap well and the thing was is you know to everybody though i mean everybody figured since we're going to win this game two touchdowns if not more um you went in you chiseled away you kept it close and even after a disastrous fumble in the opening drive and you were able to get after drew Brees. um look tason hill Taysom Hill, pain in the ass. I don't know how you equate him and the fact that he's going to be a free agent. I have no idea how that works out. But you you overcame that. And, you know, almost the Dalvin Cook fumble that, you know, led to a touchdown. Von Bell, you know, almost you know, two, two fumble recoveries, almost for touchdowns. That really didn't happen. But in, and then you just, you know, the, the ball deep and Thielen goes and does his best, Jim Edmonds. Look, if your problem was with Kevin Stefanski, you know, Look, I mean, receivers open their mouths. Receivers will tell you they are open when there's seven people around them. I was one. I did it. That's kind of the way it works. Uh, we got one more to slip in here. We got a couple more questions to get to. Open pit barbecue in Vermilion. My buddy John Vaughn. Uh, Johnson, 
diehard Browns lifer. I love talking with him about uh, football. I love talking with him about barbecue. Uh, his sandwiches, uh, the recipes, you know, the, the flavors he mixes. Um, does a great job. Uh, you're near that, near that area or you're going to go through that area. You want to get yourself a decent meal. Go check out Open, barbecue, uh, Open Pit Barbecue in Vermilion. Tell John I sent you. Have yourself a great meal. Talk some Browns football with John Vaughn. All right, we got more coming here. I appreciate you guys for this because, I mean, it's been a busy, crazy week, and we're trying to keep up with everything. Uh, from Tony's the Dude. Well, maybe Tony. I mean, we can all give ourselves self-titles. Hearing Ian, I'm assuming he means Rappaport, say Josh isn't the top leader in the clubhouse or as strong of the leader as before. You think that's smoke or you think someone else is inching closer to favorite? I, I, I guess it's got to be a two-man – it's a two-man race at this point. Um, the question is, you know, will the Haslams move away from how much they truly have coveted and wanted Josh McDaniels for a while? Or does Paul D. Podesta, when he finally sits down with Josh McDaniels in an interview in this capacity, say, wow, you know, all right, you know, I didn't know the guy, you know, or, you know, so will Paul budge off of his stance that he thinks Kevin Stefanski could be a great head coach in this league? Well, I mean, look, they they haven't had either interview yet. So I, I think they may Cart like the guys, clearly ownership, or clearly ownership and, and obviously it started with the Haslam, um, has a an affinity for Josh McDaniels. Now they may get there on on Friday and decide, you know, it just it's just not what they thought it was going to be, and and they they don't you know they don't see it's a good fit, and that could be from his standpoint, that could be from their standpoint. Um, a lot could happen. Uh, that doesn't, you know, at the same point they could get in there and it's everything they hoped it would be, and 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 uh, De Podesta, you know, finds it to be an agreeable situation, and 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 you know is an, gives him endorsement. And all this stuff. Um, at the same point, they could, you know, have questions that they have for uh, Stefanski, who they, you know, Steve Podesta and some others like last year, and and not be as satisfied or be more satisfied. At the same point, they have interviewed a lot of guys, and they could like somebody else. I mean, you know, I don't believe it necessarily, but if you, you know, like Peter King talking about Robert Sala is a bigger threat or you know contender than than some might believe whatever um sure but that's why you have this stuff i mean they're hours and hours long i i think the vikings one is going to be a little bit shorter just because they've been doing this you know this would be the third time in two years but still um that's what this is for and, and i think there may be moving parts that might nudge things one way or the other but uh, so much of this is just it's the same stuff where like I got, you know, I get stuff like yesterday where people are like, you know, telling me there's rumors that Josh McDaniels has already agreed to a deal with the Giants and all this other stuff. And in that sense, there is no other thing in sports or really anything that is more appropriate for the jump to conclusions, Matt, from office space than coaching searches, because it's just utterly insane. The stuff people come up with and believe and run with and, and all the weird fears they get into because they, they it's just there's so much goes into it that they can't really know or control that it just becomes absurd and, and and anybody can post anything 
and there are there's a handful or a substantial amount of people that will fall for it. I mean, you have people uh, falling for this, you know, Adam Schefter tweet from 2014 talking about Josh McDaniels, you know, pulling his name out of consideration, and people didn't even bother to read that the tweet was 2014 because they're just so excited and, you know, desperate for news that they'll jump to retweet and comment or whatever on most anything with this. So it's just uh, an irrational uh, fan base and, you know, really onlookers of any kind that are trying to deal with what the Browns are trying to make a, a more rational process. So in that sense, I would just say, let the process play out and we'll see what happens. Um, it, you know, it could be, it could absolutely be a foregone conclusion that they had a guy that was like, you know, 75, 25 and, and the 75 won out. Um, it could also be far more honest than that. It seems like the Browns are trying like hell to be as honest to this as they can be, but until they make a hire and, and, you know, we figure it out one way or the other, it's difficult to think. The other part of this is like, you know, obviously the, the, the Browns have been connected to Kevin O'Connell quite a bit, uh, who doesn't appear to be returning to Washington, uh, which is great. Uh, or joining hired, the party in Washington, but go ahead. Yeah, they, they, they hired an offensive coordinator there. Um, you know, part of this becomes what's the staff you're pitching? Like if, if Jim Schwartz is, you know, potentially willing to leave his coordinator and become the defensive coordinator here, uh, what does that look like? And who, you know, who does he want to work with? Where is that a good fit? Um, and then GMs and stuff like that. Where is that a good fit? And other potential candidates do, you know, does everybody like Mike Prefer? It seems like they do. What about guys like James Campen or Stump Mitchell or some of these other coaches that seem to really have a nice impact and who, or who else can they sort of land? Like there's a lot that goes into this. Like that's part of the interview is being able to sort of pitch and recruit a staff. You don't just sort of hire a guy and go, okay, now go get a staff. Like this is stuff that is at least discussed beforehand. Um, you know, it, it did, you know, Ron Rivera's staff seemed to be assembled in about 20 minutes. It's not a secret why um, they go into this stuff. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot there. So it's very easy to get caught up in this and assume, oh, it's going to be this, this, and this. But, you know, before it happened, nobody thought Joe, that the uh, Carolina Panthers were going to hire Matt Rule. So you just got to see it play out and, 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 you know, wait till they come to a decision then you can get into why it's wrong and why it's a disaster. Um, all right. Well, here's one, Pete. Um, apparently, um, our favorite beater, and this may be where Jim Schwartz would be fun, and you know, credit Jeff Risen on this one. If you don't like Tony Grossi, uh, you would love to have Jim Schwartz here in some capacity because it won't fly on his watch. Uh, whatever got duped somehow in a reporting that the Browns had interest in a CFL coach. And, you know, if you're not paying the 850 a month, I, I guess you didn't see it, which I'm assuming most did, and that's why it had to be brought to light by other people. But seriously, dude, what are you doing, Tony? Well, look, the name – I don't remember why. That name sounds familiar. Did he play, like, quarterback at Boise State or something? Oh, he was um, definitely a BSU guy. Yep. Didn't yeah. win. Um, the um, – listen, that's – I don't, you know, if you had your your reaction to that 
it, it, once you found out what what it was, I don't, I don't think anyone was surprised. No. Um, and in that case, I would say uh, you definitely didn't get what you paid for, and God knows how many people actually pay for that. I, I hope it's I hope it's not many. Um, it's bad, and I don't know where that goes with that. Um, but that's that's a problem, and that's something that you know, they, they, that company's got to deal with. Um, I don't know if I buy the notion that it's like one particular person trying to take credit for it and all that crap, but clearly, you know, he didn't check basically anything um, and just ran with it, which, you know, that, that leaves you open to get yourself in trouble like that. So, uh, you know, if nothing else, maybe it will hopefully uh, encourage a better process going forward. Well, and that's also in where I'm going to here. And it's, you know, it's the phrase, the thirst to be first. And, you know, I, I've loosened up on Mary Kay Cabot a lot. And I hate to do it, but, you know, in this one here, you know, one thing that didn't help Browns, OC, Josh McDaniels this week, he wasn't permitted to interview until Wednesday because of Patriots extra exit interviews. I'm told Panthers and Jobs, Panthers and Giants jobs were filled today, and he was scheduled to talk to both. Only Browns left for him. Couple things here, guys. Um, Brian Dable, his season ended four hours earlier than Josh McDaniels did. He was here Monday. The Giants today hired a coach from the New England Patriots. And this is where, look, you get fed information, but sometimes maybe you need to check it out or look at it a little bit. And this is what happens. And you put these things out there, and then you see other people saying that, or maybe they moved on because Josh McDaniels wasn't as interested in them as they may have been interested in them as him. I mean, look, the Giants may have had a lot of interest in Josh McDaniels. We told you why. Um, and we told you about Carolina. Yeah, obviously, we've got a really fat check. You still got to find a quarterback before he goes through it. The Browns. Baker Mayfield, who he's rumored to love, going home. He knows the owners have had a fascination for a while. And then there's also the the Browns literally said, Jimmy Haslam literally said, we're going to hire the head coach first. So this way we can work with the head coach in unison to get a general manager in here where everybody's on the same page. Just do your homework. Do some fact checking. Check it all out before you run with it. Um, I'm inclined to agree with your analysis. I will just say that um, as far as in exit interviews go, um, you know, the Patriots and the, and the Bills may do it differently. And then, you know, it's possible that McDaniels being a coordinator has a different set of in exit interviews than somebody like Joe Judge. Having said that, it certainly does seem like, uh, uh, you know, like this is not a case where it was an availability issue. But Giants, it sounds to me like Josh McDaniels people told her, please put this out there so we can get Josh top dollar in Cleveland. Well, I, I that's not where I thought that actually came from. I thought it was from the Giants. Um, oh, well. Because <laughs> the, the, the Giants have had multiple attempts to spin this uh, <laughs> in the hiring of, of Joe Judge. Um, you know, before they announced the hiring of Joe Judge, Adam Schefter was out there reporting that, you know, the, the Giants were certainly interested in Matt Rule, 
but he wasn't the final candidate, which most people <laughs> immediately didn't believe. And then Ian Rappaport basically debunked that uh, when he, when he said that Rule gave the Giants a chance to match, and then you know took it, <laughs> and then they immediately turned and 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 got the deal done with Joe Joe Judge, who was also a candidate for Mississippi <laughs> State. And Mississippi State thought they had a pretty good shot at landing him. So that. When I saw that, that's sort of what jumped out at me, that this felt like somebody from the Giants um, was actually saying that, uh, that, uh, that, 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 you know, that McDaniels um, wasn't available to hire and, they, you know, or wasn't available to interview, and that's why they went ahead and moved on or whatever. Um, the other part with that was that uh, – what was it? Uh, or something. Oh no, I was gonna say, yeah. Most if you're looking for where anything most most anything super accurate is coming from in terms of uh, McDaniel's camp, look no further than Albert Breer. Um, he is, you know, he's obviously got a relationship with him. He he was in New England. Uh, most everything, you know, coming from Breer is from either McDaniel's himself or someone very close to him. And that's why it was Breer last year who kept uh, bringing up McDaniels to the Browns, even though the Browns and, and McDaniels never spoke. Uh, but he, he seems to be chief water carrier. I know he likes him. Obviously, he's been sort of pushing for this, and, and now it may happen. But if you're looking for, you know, it's certainly possible that McDaniels, somebody in their camp, you know, went to Mary Kay and, and had them put that out there rather than Breer. Um, but that's usually where his stuff comes goes. All right. Well, here's the deal, folks. Uh, we've covered a ton of stuff. We've got some listener questions. Uh, Schwartz comes in tomorrow. You get Stefanski on Thursday. And then the granddaddy of them all. We'll see how it plays out. Josh McDaniels comes to town on Friday. Still, nothing is done yet. We'll see how it plays out. You're in a great position. And this is great for the Browns because you may have a chance to get the target the owners wanted or the man in charge of the head coaching search wanted. That stuff hasn't happened in a while. So make sure you're checking out at Browns Maven on Twitter, everything Browns Maven, SI.com. Check out the dude at under, uh, at underscore Pete Smith underscore the podcast itself at lockdown Browns. Always a follow back. Oh, DMs open me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd DMs open over there. This has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound LGB on the LLB. Let's go Browns.